Good evening. Welcome to Three to One Radio. Welcome. That was very somber. It was like <laughs> it was like you know, like the sad. Like this is Three to One Radio. You got to be like this is Three to One Radio. Was the, I thought I was being more uh, professional. Oh, the, I don't the, know like, what that word tone means. It down just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, welcome, um, our lovely listeners, uh, to 3 to 1 Radio. Um, I am Joe. I'm Shiloh. Uh, we are Lisa Less tonight. Yes, but we do have a hot mic. We do have hot mic in the studio. Um, if folks remember from last month's show, um, our station manager um, asked some questions. And so we figured, well, uh, we should identify him as hot mic um, because he's Mike and he's hot because it's uh, a broiling room and he's a good looking man. Um, so yeah, hot mics here. Yeah, which is really our boss, right? So that's why we we so, flood him with compliments, and he gives us lots of dirty looks constantly. He does. <laughs> and just to clarify, no money has exchanged. <laughs> Good to point that out. Okay. Um, but but this just in from Hot Mike, breaking news uh, as of today. Um, that man from that uh, house up in the other Washington. Uh, got impeached. Um, really? Yeah. I I actually am surprised. Tell me more about that. I I didn't know. So here's the thing. I think that. Um. Okay. Not to get too political. I think that our our um our president has done some foolish decisions that would warrant. Some uh, impeachment investigations. Some sort of action. Some sort of actions. Um, I am a little... I've just looked up uh, the vote, and it was very party line, which is I do not think when you impeach a president should be... It really does need to be a little bipartisan. Um, and it was... I don't think one Republican voted for the impeachment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not... You know, I, I just feel like for the country... You know, it makes it seem like it was very partisan. I feel like the last couple of few years has been that partisan feeling has just sort of oozed out of the other Washington. Yeah. It just seems like the the country is very polarized one way or the other. And I think he does a great job of encouraging that and supporting that and adding some, I was going to say flame to the fire, but that is not the thing. But he, he helps it out. We'll say that. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm not saying that he he is, I think he's a mean-spirited person. I think as uh, someone who, you know, was raised by his uncles and, you know, also, like, had a stepfather who was Somali, the, the Somali band did not, uh, is very, you know, I think he's very anti-immigrant, which I don't think is an American spirit. Um, uh, a country built on the yeah. back of immigrants. Um, I, you know, also don't discount, I didn't discount him though. I think it's important. I didn't discount him just because he's a Republican. Um, I have a lot of, I, I have a lot of leanings that I, you know, fiscally conservative, you know, feelings. Um, and I think that for this country, if we impeach any president, um, it does need to be a bipartisan thing. Um, I do want to find it funny that, like, Clinton was the last president we impeached. Um, therefore, we really, like... Is come full co- circle. <laughs> yeah, come full circle, because I don't think his impeachment was, like, very... In the same way, 
you know, so. It is. It is it's interesting times. We'll see what happens. Uh, uh, so this was the House that impeached him. We'll see what happens in the sentence. So Senate. Uh, the House, um, a little uh, civics lesson. Uh-oh. The, Bring it. The, the House is the party that impeaches you. Right. Then it gets confirmed by, by, the, Senate. The, by the Senate. But it will go on record for our history. You know, let's say with any luck, it'll be a long time before we impeach another president. Um, but that'll be that'll be that'll be the fourth president that'll be impeached. Yep. Um, He'll have a little asterisk after his name uh, forever. Interesting, weird fact. Um, do you know the modern president who has not had a, a special investigation under him? There's been one. His name is Obama. <sighs> do miss those days. Yeah. Thanks, when Obama. A, when you have a president <laughs> that is the squeakiest clean person. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, I, and this is the thing I will, I, I want our listeners to know, like, um, this is not a positive thing. Um, impeaching a president is a kind of a sad thing for our country. Um, and it's, you know, I think it's, it's a symptom of some of uh, our partisan and our really hate and something that here at Pro, we really, I think we try to work across. Um, hills and valleys and we want to find compromises to complicated problems and so I do you know I think there's going to be people on the left who are going to be really um, excited and there's people on the right that are going to be really sad and that's not a helpful thing it makes um, it hard to move forward it's, it makes it hard to move forward yeah. um, and you know I think there's no secret I'm not the biggest fan of Trump um, it's not my favorite um, but, but he's got such great hair yeah um, I, yeah, so, um, with that, we'll move on. <laughs> um, so Shiloh, how are you doing? Uh, I am doing okay. Um, it's the holiday season. Ho, ho, ho. Um, and we got the package, you know, we've got some gracious donations and we've been able to do a lot of stockings for our participants. Um, and so on the Christmas, the week of Christmas, we will be able to deliver some stockings for our participants and, you know, for all the donors out there who donated um, stuff, it's been really thankful. I mean, we have some really cool stuff. I was able to buy first aid kits, gloves, Thanks. socks. Um, you know, these are probably the nicest kits uh, or stockings we've ever done. That is really cool. My uh, office had a work party uh, last week, Friday, and we did uh, a raffle. So folks that donated a pair of socks. Uh, or hat, or gloves, or some sort of toiletry, uh, all unused and unopened, uh, got uh, entered into a raffle. We had some pretty good prizes, and we we got a, a big box full of goodies. Cool. Yeah. I the one thing that was really okay. This is totally. But I got went to the dollar store and bought um, two hundred different individual toys for the for the stockings. So we'll have toys for our participants. That is fun. Scott, hello, Scott. Hopefully you're listening. Um, he does a uh, a drive for Orion's Youth Care uh, at his okay. work, and um, I was like, "Oh, well, I'll I'll you know buy some socks and some hats and stuff." And he's like, um, "You know, you could also get some fun stuff too. Like mm. we could make Christmas fun." So I also got some fun stuff as well. Yeah, um, good. And so, um, but you know, in the holiday season, it's something that like. Uh, you know, I think it's also it's a it's this weird time where I think there's a lot of uh, spirit of giving mm-hmm. for folks, um, and there's a lot of depression, and there's a lot of you know stuff, and you know something that I did want to mention is you know 
this isn't every drug user is different, but there's a lot of drug users who um, get into Suboxone and get into treatment around this season. Um, you know, trying to go back and see their family um, mm-hmm. and uh, better themselves. And you know, I wish all of the people who are making those attempts right now. Um, I wish them all the luck in the world, and even if it's not successful, I want them to feel that they're not, they didn't fail, that you know that the 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 attempt they tried real hard, and you know we're real proud of them for the attempt. And success is is uh, gauged differently for every person, right? So, yes. uh, one day, two days, one week, three weeks on Suboxone, that's a successful thing in my eyes. Yeah, and I think it's about. Um, you know, I know, talking to Fern uh, this week, she said she was very overwhelmed. And who so, is Fern again? Uh, Fern is our uh, nurse practitioner, uh, Suboxone um, person from Sound um, Mental Health. And, you know, she's been really uh, overwhelmed with all the people trying to get into our program, which is amazing. Um, so, you know, if you want to give some shout-outs to some amazing <laughs> people who has been trying to fit everyone into appointments yeah yeah well and it, what a what a, a wonderful uh terrible predicament to be in right like yeah. ugh, this is a good thing that i'm overwhelmed with getting people the help that they need and the medication that they need and want and you know, the one thing i'm always surprised is how many uh shout out to the jewish community because they've been really they've been the ones they, there's a whole bunch of folks who are of jewish descent who packed the uh, stockings? Uh-huh. <laughs> Doing a little uh, Christmas support for uh, non-Jews. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it is the season of of the holidays, um, but it is also flu season. What? Yes, the flu is here. Um, we've got some confirmed confirmed cases here in in Seattle and King County. So uh, a, a a push and a plug for folks. If you have not gotten your flu vaccination, please do so. I thought if you get the flu vaccination, you get the flu. Here is a fun fact about that. That's not true. Okay. And so, um, <laughs> so a little, a little, you know, let's, let's, let's break this out. So like, um, you get the flu vaccination, you should be immune to all flus though, right? Well, that is a good question. Um, no, um, and I'm not a scientist or, or a flu vaccine um, putter together. I know that so you lied a, to us. A real word for that. On this show. No. <laughs> um, but each year, you know, the the folks that do put the flu vaccine together, um, there's a, sort of an algorithm or a matrix or something where they they think that they they've got the the vaccine for the flu strain that will be uh, most prevalent uh, for that year. So sometimes they're spot on and, and you'll get great protection. Other times uh, there might be uh, a stronger strain that they didn't account for. Or even for that matter, it doesn't have to be stronger. It could just be a different strain. Or a different strain. That is right. correct. Yes. And, and, so, and um, so what it is, and, you know, and I'm not discounting people. I, I, I want to be clear. We want everyone to get the flu shot. Yes, please. Um, but, you know, this is the best scientist best guess yes and so sometimes it's a really good guess um and sometimes it's a less so guess so our less uh positive guess um i can honestly say i've been getting flu shots now for decades which i always have to swallow when i can speak of things that i've done for decades um 
but I have never gotten sick after getting, I've never gotten the flu after getting a flu shot. And so who I'm knocking sh- on wood right now. Yeah, so who should get the flu shot? Everyone. Okay, so it's not about uh, young kids, it's not about seniors, it's not about people with low immune systems. Everyone should get the flu shot. Everyone should get the flu shot because um, if you're not in one of those categories that you've just mentioned, um, and you don't get the flu shot, but you get the flu, um, you could potentially pass that on to somebody in one of those categories. So somebody with a low immune system or a weaker immune system, um, like the elderly or like super young kids. So it's not only protecting yourself, but it's also, as we talk about a lot on this show, protecting your community uh, and being a good steward in your community. And you should not come to work if you have the flu. Unless you've got a radio show to do. Even more so, don't. I don't have the flu, but I do have a cold. But to show my dedication, not only to Shiloh and 3 to 1 Radio and Hot Mike, um, I am here tonight. I'm not um, licking anything, um, and no kissing will happen in the studio this evening. So um, what you did is you saved everyone from listening to me talk for an hour straight. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. So, um, so I, you know, the answer is really like, and, you know, I'll be honest. Uh, I know there are some people that probably listen to are not supportive of all the vaccinations and all mm-hmm. the things. I, I think it's really important that you get vaccinated for as many things as possible. I totally understand if there's a particular thing that you don't feel that you feel like the research isn't out there for. But I encourage you to read accurate research first. Scientific uh, um, research, yes, please. And, um, you know, and, uh, but I really think vaccinations, um, you know, are really important. You know, um, the only thing that measles vaccinations prevent is measles. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, right. And again, it's not only for self-protection, um, but it is also uh, being a good community member and protecting your brothers and sisters and others. Yeah. So that is our that is our plug uh, for a healthy holiday season. Um, I think also too a good plug uh, since it, we are talking about the holidays. Um, lots of holiday parties will be going on: um, Christmas parties, New Year's parties, Hanukkah parties, Kwanzaa parties, um, solstice parties, other parties uh, that I've forgotten about. Um, but being responsible while you're at these parties, so making sure that. Uh, if you are, are drinking or imbibing in other uh, activities or substances that you've got a designated driver or that you take a cab or you take the bus or the light rail or a, a Lyft or an Uber, um, the, those are not sponsors of our show, so I'm not plugging them. But being a responsible, again, community member so that you are safe and that uh, your friends are safe. Yeah, and so um, there's also, you know, people... Um, People will sometimes have uh, overdoses around Christmas. Most definitely. Um, you know, one of the common things around in the past, um, before we had treatment before, uh, on demand, all these systems, is people would try to kick um, before Christmas. And then they would spend maybe a day or two, you know, going cold turkey. And then they, you know, maybe not be successful, ended up using what they used before, ended up a little more intoxicated and they repair it, and, and then they end up with their family. Their family's, you know, having conflict with them because they come. They feel like they came high when they were actually trying to be sober for them. Um, and then uh, the depression will sit in, and they will end up using it again, and they can overdose. And so I think it's really important this season to for everyone to have Narcan. And what is Narcan? 
Narcan is an opiate antagonist that stops opiate overdoses, right? So if you think of things that are opiates, um, you know, street heroin is an opiate. Fentanyl mm-hmm. is an opiate. Oxycontins are opiates. Um, cocaine is not an opiate. Meth- I was just going to say, what about meth? Uh, methamphetamine is not an opiate, um, but can have opiates in it, you know. Um, so, for example, if I am, if you, for example, are high on methamphetamine and heroin, okay. and you are having an overdose, and mixing drugs can increase your likelihood of an overdose, then you um, would just be naloxone would just or Narcan would just be preventing the uh, opiate overdose. It would not be preventing being high in meth, you know. So when Hot Mike shows up to work really intoxicated, you know, like he does often. <laughs> um, Ooh, there goes that stink eye. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then he, you know, when we have to Narcan him again this week. Um, it'll be, you know, it'll just prevent it, the opiates. And so what it does is it puts, you, if you think of uh, the opiate receptor in your head um, with as a keyhole and opiates as a key, what naloxone or Narcan does, and, you know, people use them interchangeably. Narcan is a brand name. Naloxone is the, you know, drug's name. Mm-hmm. Um, it will block the keyhole, Right. And so you and so people will go into immediate withdrawals if they have a habit, right? If they're a party drug user like Hot Mike, then they won't necessarily um, go into uh, withdrawals. <laughs> Sorry. This is, this is, yes. Okay. Sorry. I'm just looking at Hot Mike. <laughs> See if Hot Mike will speak again. <laughs> um, so. Um, can we back up just a quick second? You said um, one of the risks for overdose is um, mixing drugs. Yes. And I think you said one of the other risks uh, was if you haven't used for a while and then you use again. Yes. What are some of the other risks of overdose from opiates? Well, I think, you know, using large amounts of opiates is an overdose risk. I okay. think I think using uh, drugs, uh, using a supply you don't know because um, there is fentanyl um, that can be laced in it. Um, I also think that people have a misperception of that fentanyl isn't necessarily laced in methamphetamine and cocaine, which, you know, it can't. It also can not be in there, but it also can be. And so having fentanyl test kits are really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, also I found, you know, you know, they've been found out if you've been really exhausted, right? Um, so fatigue can, can, can be a, fatigue, a risk you know, um, And again, like the mixing of drugs and, and most people will think like, oh, well, I, did, I didn't mix drugs. I just did alcohol and heroin. Well, that's mixing drugs. And both of those are, are depressants, depressants, right? Depressants, right? So right? That just... and, you know, and so people also will think of not mixing drugs so they'll do like cocaine and heroin, right? Which different effects when different it's a effects, stimulant, when it's still, depressant. It's still mixing drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, you know, I think one of the leading causes of overdoses, like, you know, what, one of the big factors is if you've had one before. Tell me more about that. So it's one of the things. So if you've had an overdose, you're statistically likely to have another one. Just because of whatever the habit was that you had that led you to the first one or. Or that's, or the amount, or that's, you know, whatever the type of body you have, like the, you know, the, the details 
I'm not too sure about the details, but I know it's one of the biggest factors. Okay. So anyone who's had an overdose, you know, so like Hot Mike, who's had multiple overdoses. Just um, while we've been on the air. Just while we've been on the air. Um, he would have a high, uh, he could have a high statistical rate of having another one. Now, another risk factor that I've heard of, and I don't know if this is, um, if this is rumor or, or if this is just true. Just so you know, Hot Mike is going to be so excited when Lisa's here <laughs> to protect him. Um, but using alone. Is that yeah. a risk factor? And if so, so the why? risk factor of using alone is the fact that no one can be there to give you Narcan, right? So you know you could use alone and and not overdose, and it's you know lots of people end up that having, but there's no safety net to if you overdose. So if you use and it's let's say you use this, um, you use you do your typical shot, right? Or you're smoking this typical amount, um, or snorting, or snorting. You, um, there's lots of different, um, you could use alone and you could be using that same substance or the same, what you think is the same source each time, end up using a different source, overdosing, and there ain't no one there to save you. So it's really important that we as drug users use together with friends, communicate with our partners, communicate with our friends and family around drug use. So what about for folks that, um you know, might have um, uh, some shame or some stigma associated with their drug use. Um, what are some things that we can tell them or encourage them in terms of being with somebody? Well, I think there's two factors. One, there's the shame of the person. And the other is when they that person tells you, you not shunning them, right? Because I think, stig- I mean, the real factor is stigma can kill you, Right. Mm-hmm. People can, you know, you can die because of stigma. Um, so, um, and that shame can can kill you, right? There's a lot of drug users who we've spoken to who don't who use alone because of the fear and the shame. Well, if they had less fear and shame, then you know they would could use with other people, and then that could be a positive thing. And I think you know the other thing is. When you have an honest conversation with a friend around their drug use, I don't really. This is about anything in life, but like if you are, re- if you really not shameful, not angry, not you know criticizing them about this, they're going to tell you more information. So it's you know when because it's safer to do so. Yeah. Right? So you know it's one of those things I talk to people time. If you have honest conversation with someone about their drug use, and they keep having those honest conversations. If and when they decide to reduce their use or stop, you're the person they're going to talk to about it. They're, you're not going to be the person if you shun them. Yes. Right? No. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, and, you know, having, helping a friend, being there to help a friend in need for any reason, I think is a really positive thing. And it's really, it's what a friend should be there for. Right? And so if someone come, then comes to you and says, I want to reduce my use or do you, you know, can you help me get into treatment or can you help me, you know, do any of these number of things? Or can you take me to the doctor for this abscess and be there to advocate for me, right? These are very powerful relationship moments and it's really going to show you, show that friend that they can always count on you. And, you know, if you have a friend um, who in need, you want them to know they can count on you. I mean, no why matter have, what. Yeah, why have friends otherwise? Exactly. So... 
But back to the overdose. Um, so I saw once a sign that said fix with a friend. So that's that's sort of this idea of making sure that you're not alone. So that if something does happen, um, you've got somebody that can intervene. Yeah. So I think it's not using alone is really important. Also, I think another factor is don't use simultaneously. Uh, right. So like if, you know... For example, if you and Hot Mike leave here and get uh, go do a shot together, if you both do it simultaneously and it both has strong fentanyl on it, and you both die next to each other, does not help either one of you. But if you say let Hot Mike go first, mm-hmm. um, and then you wait, you know, five ten minutes and say, okay, you know, he, he seems to be doing good, okay. But he's not in a heavy nod, so you know, you it's safe for you to use, so he can also. So if something uh, happened. Hot Mike could intervene. Yes. What about this um, term, tester shot? What does that What does that mean? Well, a tester shot's a little complicated. It's I think it's one of the things that outreach workers like to say, but is um, for really low income drug users less effective. Um, and that is to do a tiny shot um, to see how potent it is. Again, if it has fentanyl in it, it's going that tiny shot's will get you anyway. Will get you anyway. If and if you don't have a lot of veins, it's also hard to, um, to kind of you know, hit, right? So, hmm. so that's not the 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 most ideal prevention. It's not strategy. the most ideal. I mean, obviously, if you have like, I think smoking a tester kind of a tester hit would be much more. Uh, I think you could do. Because, you know, smoking is you're usually going to have to take, you know, it's a, it's a usual process of taking multiple hits, right? So taking a single hit, waiting five minutes, I think that's totally reasonable, okay. right? And because you're not wasting veins, you're not, you're not like fighting to fix, you're just, you know, smoking it. So, and, you know, we have at the People's Harm Reduction Alliance, and really right now we're the only people in the country that have it. More and more programs are going to start adopting it. We have the only uh, heroin pipe uh, in the country right now. Really? Um, and so we have. So uh, right now, if you, any like if you come to the U District site, you can get a heroin pipe, um, and you can for folks who are interested in transferring from injection to smoking. And is a heroin pipe different than a marijuana pipe? Different than a crack pipe, different than yeah, a it's essentially, pipe. Um, it's a design that was designed by me and some other folks. Um, it's um, we can send, we can show a picture on our Facebook okay. um, or uh, Instagram, the Instagram, um, and then we. Um, um, so it's a little. They call it a hammer because it looks like a little hammer. So the the drop part at the end um, that you can put a tar in and you can heat it up from the bottom. And, and take the hit, or you can go on the top and do a dab hit for those marijuana smokers. That means, like, you heat the top part of it, and you take a little tiny piece on, like, a paper clip, and you put you hit it, and it heats up really quickly because the pipe is hot. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, that's uh, uh, some knowledge that I was not aware of. Um, back to the Narcan, or Naloxone, where would somebody be able to get some? So you can get it um, from any pharmacy because we have a standing order from the state public health department. 
You can get it from King County Public Health Needle Exchange Program. You can get it from the Hepatitis Education Project Needle Exchange Program. You can get it from the People's Harm Reduction Alliance Needle Exchange Program. Um, I, to my knowledge, I don't know of any needle exchange in King County that does not provide naloxone with their service. Which is uh, awesome. You know. Because it's targeting the folks that, that would need it. Yes. Um, it's possible there's some programs out there that are um, less organized that you would have um, that are, you know, um, just people giving syringes out on the streets that may not have Narcan. But, you know, if they needed Narcan, they should contact King County Public Health or the People's Harm Reduction Alliance. And if they contact, if anybody contacts either one of those organizations, um, wh- how much does it cost? So it's free. Um, we do not charge for uh, service. Um, and King County Public Health, uh, to my knowledge, does not charge for service in any way. Um, and so, um, but, you know, for King County, you might be able to only get a particular dose, uh, one, one or two doses for your individual. We're not in the, if you're a bigger organization who wants to buy like 50 or 100 kits, um, we can, can connect you to the drug company that sells it. Um, but we need to prioritize our Narcan for individual drug users. And now when you say kit, what, um, what, what kind of, what's in that kit? What comes to, with it? Um, the kit comes two vials of Narcan, two syringes, and an instructional. Um, so it's injectable. It's injectable. There is uh, nasal, um, which I believe the county can provide. Uh, um, but we provide injectable because injectable is a lot cheaper, and we have to buy stuff out of our own pocket. Gotcha, gotcha. So there's two different kinds. So if somebody is feeling... Um, maybe less uh, uh, experienced with the injectable kind, they can also get a nasal kind. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're giving it to an injection drug user, liquids and syringe is pretty simple for an injection drug user. If Seems like it would go hand in hand. If you're giving it to someone who's not an injector, maybe they're a smoker, maybe they're a parent, maybe they're a friend, mm-hmm. you know, nasal is, is easy. Um, so the one thing I would recommend is the nasal is a lot more powerful, right? So it can bring people into withdrawal a lot quicker. Um, and so, um, and once they're in withdrawal, um, they can't use for at least 90 minutes um, because the opiate is longer acting than the Narcan, right? So the Narcan can wear off and then you, um, then they can re-overdose. And so you, and you don't want people to be in such with, uh, pain and with withdrawal that they feel like they're in a desperate situation to use. Uh, okay. Right. So you wanna you wanna stay with the person after you've yes, administered you, it. You absolutely want to stay with that person because you know you want to make sure once the Narcan weighs off, they're okay. Okay. And what about uh, calling nine one one? Is that recommended? It's so I think it's an individual choice. With Narcan, if it's an opiate overdose, Narcan is the thing that nine one one will be giving them. Okay. So you could just take care of it in house. You, you could just take care of it in house. If you choose to call 911, I would say that your friend is not breathing. Um, and there is a good Samaritan law that protects the caller um, from any, from, you know, basically any liability except for um, manslaughter. Okay. So, uh, personal preference as to calling 911. 
Um, but you definitely want to stay with that person to make Absolutely. sure that they don't and if you, use if, you're, if you call 911, you, you really have to stay with that person, too, until the paramedics get there. Because you want to make sure, even though you're telling them, oh, somebody's not, not breathing or they're unresponsive. You need to be there for when the paramedics so arrive. you can give them the full story. Yeah, so once the paramedics are there, I would encourage everyone to tell them exactly what they took, um, you know, and so the paramedics know. Paramedics also really love Narcan because they can give it to people who are completely unconscious and it doesn't have any side effects. So now with the, the naloxone or Narcan, if somebody, say somebody's um, not breathing or they're unresponsive, uh, so let's say hypothetically a hot mic then administered um, some naloxone, but they didn't have any opiates in their system, would the naloxone or Narcan, would that hurt them? Sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> if somebody you got sidetracked by a hot mic, um, yeah, I know. Hot mic is somebody, like, just tasty over there. <laughs> if somebody doesn't have opiates in their system but uh, is given uh, Narcan or Naloxone, will there be any any side effects? Any negative side effects? No. So it only works on opiates. Yes. Okay. So it sounds like something that makes uh, is a logical. Uh, thing to carry, especially if you're around. Folks I think at that this point, opiates. everyone should have it. Everyone should have it in their drug com or drug um, drug company. Everyone <laughs> should have it in their um, um, drug cabinet. Um, and I think it's really important uh, that you educate you and your whole family. I think the other uh, side of the other thing is if you have Narcan and no one else knows where it is, and you're the one overdosing, you don't have Narcan. Yeah, that's a good point. So sort of making a plan ahead of time with whoever you're hanging out with to say like, hey, here's here's where my Narcan is. Yeah. Just so you know, so I know we're all protected. Yes. Okay. Well, sounds like a stocking stuffer. Most people should get this Christmas. It is what we put in stockings uh, for our little Christmas. I like that. Or holiday. We'll or holiday. Have it, have no it judgment. broader. No judgment. This could yeah. be a Hanukkah president. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Solstice. Mm -hmm. All of those. All right. Well, you can go for a Ramadan present. There you go. We will cover all the bases with the Nalaks. Not all the bases because there are more religions than the religion of Hebrew. Well, <laughs> I've got a cold, so I can't think of all of them tonight. So we'll leave it at that. Um, what other things should people be aware of um, as we're here at the end of the year? Well, one of the things we could be aware of is do you know what next year is? Uh, next year is 2020. That would be 30 years of the University District Needle Exchange, now called the Bob Quinn Memorial Drug User Health Center. What? 30 years? Yes. Wow. Makes you feel old, doesn't it? I was going to say, you must have started when you were about four. I didn't. I started in 96. So I've only think like 24 years or something like that. Only. I like how you say only. <laughs> I'm new. <laughs> so, um... And it is pretty remarkable. Yeah. So it uh, thirty years. Like, how did it? How did it start? So it started by an undocumented Canadian named Bob Quinn, who was part of ACT UP, who did the downtown Neil Exchange. Um, for those who don't know, uh, the first Neil Exchange in the city was started by ACT UP. Um, they were uh, just a little brief history about that. Yeah. Is they. They went to Pillar Park. Um, and, and, on Boren and, and Pike? Yes. And the reason they went there is because they said it was, really, was going to get a really great picture from when they got arrested. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's smart. Yeah. Um, And so they, but they didn't get arrested, and eventually they moved to Second and Pike, and eventually King County Public Health um, kind of just incorporated into its programmatic systems. Um, So, and we're able to supply it and support it. Um, Bob Quinn, being part of that team, really cared about people in the U District and started walking around with their his backpack and handing out syringes to friend or to friends and people he met. Um, and then in around August 1990, he set up a card table next to the Peace Seasons, which was a, a group of folks who started kind of in the first Gulf War kind of protest. Mm-hmm. Um, they were called the Peace peace Heathens. Okay. um, Which, you know, realistically folded into um, the organizing group for Hempfest. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So, so, you know, um, and for folks who have been in the neighborhood, they, a lot of people know who they are. Um, And they, they, they put out some really cool stuff of like, if you're being attacked, what to do, um, you know, if you're being <clears throat> violently assaulted, h- how to protect yourself, um, you know, how to file a police complaint if you feel like you've been vi- your civil rights have been violated, you know, things like that. Okay, so uh, like on the ground community yes. uh, supporters, organizers. Yeah. So he started doing a little card table by them? Yes, in front of the old Tower Records. And for young people, people used to go into stores and buy records. What, they would buy music in a store? Yes. What? I don't remember Tower Records. I loved Tower Records when I was a kid. Yes. Uh, Mother Kinsley, who's hopefully listening tonight, uh, would take us, we'd, I think we'd go to Tower Records like once, once every two weeks or so. Okay. And I'd be able to get like a 45 or a little, uh, little tape of something. Yeah, I bought tapes. Yeah. Um, Rockman, that was it. Yeah, my um, first tape was Bon Jovi, Silver Even Wet. Whoa. And my first CD was The Grateful Dead. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly do not remember what my first tape was. I know my first uh, album record, uh, vinyl, for for the youth out there, uh, was Madonna True Blue. Whoa. Yeah. And I I don't know why people thought I was gay back then. <laughs> <laughs> because you've been living that straight lifestyle ever since. <laughs> right. So hardcore. But anyway, back to Bob Quinn. So uh, a card table in front of the old Tower Records. Yes. And so, you know, it's... I think, you know, about the bravery and the love and the compassion that Bob had for his community. Um and this is something you'll you'll know find funny about Bob for all the folks who knew him, um, and you know he was he was almost like a, a, a kind of mayor like figure in this neighborhood. Um, so he read an article from the Chamber of Commerce, um, who said a needle exchange was just not feasible in the U District, and he said, "I'll see about that." <laughs> <laughs> 30 years later, yeah. here we are. So, um, and so he did a card table for the first eight years. So the first eight years, we were just wow. a card table on the app. And this is something also I think it's important to know about our history is we would never have made it without the deep support of the businesses 
in this community. Um, you know, just a call out to some former businesses, uh, Express Aroma, um, and Five Doors Up, a shoe store. You know, there was Beauty in the Books. Um, there were all these great businesses who deeply cared about people not getting HIV and not dying and wanted to have a syringe exchange. And, you know, that was our supply closets all through up the app. You know, the Allegro oh, wow. Cafe, too. And the Allegro Cafe, you know, um, for folks I can't uh, express this enough, they're the only one, they're the only business left that existed, existed 30 years ago that still exists today that had 100% support of us and have been our lifetime partners. Um, we had one of our early supply closets was in their basement. Wow. Um, and they, you know, and a really big shout to the Lego Cafe because they were really one of the first drop-in centers in our neighborhood. They're a place where you can come and get coffee, you can stay all day, and it was about respect and dignity, and people would talk about politics, religion, philosophy, you know, and lots of different mom profits in this neighborhood were started by people who went to the Legro Cafe and started talking about problems in their neighborhood and how to solve them, right? And so, you know, I think, you know, and it is uh, one of the oldest cafes in the city of Seattle. So 1974. Wow. Before both of us were born. Yes. We're holding to that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even hot mic. <laughs> So do you think um, do you think you'll do uh, a big jubilee or a big celebration? I think um, that we will home we will find a new home, and we will do a big grand opening for our new home, and I will be very excited for that. And I think thirty years is something that you should be recognized. And you know, on our twenty fifth anniversary, we did a huge community event. We had about 100 people that came um, to it, and we did it in the church, and we did the after kind of party upstairs in the Allegro Cafe, and we had a beautiful cake um, that was provided by the Allegro Cafe um, that said, thank you for 25 years of keeping our neighborhood safe from HIV and hepatitis C. And that is, that is sweet. Yeah, um, and it was so much fun, and... Um, yeah. Um, and you know, again, it's like, we'll probably, th you know, we'll probably think of something like that to do. Um, you know, several businesses have already reached out to us wanting to host a 30 year anniversary event for us. Um, that is a, a, a testament to how your organization is seen as a community, not only a community partner, but also an organization that fosters that idea of community and the importance of supporting community. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think you, you think about this, 30 years, we've had thousands and thousands of people who've come and volunteered in their time. We've never survived without volunteers. Um, and <clears throat> we have, you know, people on our board were former volunteers, you know, um, and I constantly run into people who knew Bob and said, and you remember, Bob, when he was here for the, this is the thing that's also interesting about history. Bob ran it for the first eight years of his 30 year history, <laughs> right? 
Um, but you still run into people who's like, oh, I was one of Bob's volunteers, right? <laughs> um, oh, I was there when Bob was doing it, right? You know, and it's great. And, you know, and we've been in this church for 22 years, the University Temple Methodist Church, which is also where the radio station is held, um, you know. Where people can have hot mic sightings. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, you know, just a little shout out to this radio station. Did you know it's 24 hours, seven days a week now? I did not know that. Well, let's do a plug for that. I know. You can listen to this. You can listen to a, this station all the time. And this station, just as a reminder, is um, KODX uh, 96.9. Yes. And um, occasionally it has really entertaining stuff on it, too. <laughs> Except the third Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, it always has really entertaining stuff on it. Um, and we're not also the only community show on here. Right, and the um, there's a website, the website for the the radio station uh, that Not people just a website, right? <laughs> I had to clarify, um, but where people can go and it's www.kodxseattle.org. Um, and, um, most, I think, if not all of the shows, um, are also podcasted on the station. So you can, if you miss us live, you can also, um, catch it online. The locally produced shows are also available as podcasts. Okay. So, so if people miss, um, one of the locally produced shows, they can, um, we're considered locally produced. We are. are. So you can't get more local than that. (laughs) So, So. So you can look us up on, on the line, on the webs. So my so, cold um, medicine is wearing off. And uh, so another little quick shout out is there's a lot of great businesses on the app um, and in our neighborhood that we could really love the Christmas shopping. Oh, and, yes. Do you have and, a, a and, list of places? And Gargoyles, for example, is mm-hmm. a, an incredible place. I have already spent $300 there. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and so, yeah, it's... Uh, um, and there's also great food and, you know, different bars and stuff. You can go and do your shopping uh, here. And so I encourage you, uh, even if you're not in the U District, to come to the U District and buy. And, and, or if you're not from the U District and you want to support your local places like maybe in Ballard or West Seattle or any of those Capitol other. Hill. Uh, Capitol Hill. Capitol uh, Hill. Those places, you should always try to buy local, um, you know, because um, you're going to get more unique stuff. I usually, once a year, when doing holiday shopping, I try to pick um, one store that is like a local store, not like a, a big chain, and try to do the bulk of my, my holiday shopping there. Um, because I, I do like the idea of supporting a local business, and especially if it's a business that has is supporting, lo- supporting local artists um, or artisans, like it feels like, okay, I'm... I'm giving back to the community while I'm also engaging in consumerism. Yeah. So it's like a win-win for me. Plus, I love wrapping Christmas presents. You are a weird, weird person. Everyone I say that to, they're like, what? Who are you? Or can you come to my house and do mine? <laughs> but there's something, I don't there's something about, maybe it's the Virgo in me of like, okay, I want to get this crease just right. Yeah, so Virgo pride. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing. This is a Virgo hour right now. It's good. It's a great hour. Yeah. Should do it all the time. Yeah. Um, other things to note at, at the end of the year? Anything that you're particularly thankful for or looking forward to in, in 2020? Well, I'm looking forward to a new home in 2020. I'm also, you know, to be perfectly honest, I'm really 
I've been really excited about the heroin pipes. Um, I think this is a really innovative system where now people can um, transfer from injection to smoking in a real way. And I think for folks who have a lot of abscesses, a lot of damage in their body, um, to, trans to kind of take a break from injection can be really positive. I and reduce the risk of, of transmission of yeah. HIV or Hep C. Yes, and uh, also for folks who want to reduce their use, Mm -hmm. Right, but don't really necessarily in a place where they want to stop. Right, um, I think smoking can be a really positive uh, thing. I also think folks who've been using tinfoil, you know, and has been a very inefficient system. This is a more efficient system, kind of to keep you smoking and not because a lot of people make a quick jump from smoking to injection. Mm. Okay. Well, I do think it'd be helpful probably for our listeners if we do get that uh, picture yeah, up no, on we're the, get the picture. And there was the an article uh, done on it, too. So, And we're doing a study, too, um, that we'll be talking about. Uh, we're going to bring Tom on, the person who's been working on the study, to talk about this uh, in later months. Once uh, you know this, So Tuesday was the last day for the survey. Oh, okay. Right? And so... Um, you know, it'll take us a month or two to go through all the data um, and start getting into, you know, its results. And we'll be able to publish those results. So that'll be something to look forward to. In yeah. Um, and this is, a you know, as a preliminary uh, survey, we're hoping that more studies are done on heroin smoking. Um, we think that uh, as an organization, we think that engaging smokers is a must needed uh, prevention system. Because if you can convince folks from switch from injection to smoking, that will reduce the rates of HIV, hepatitis C, soft tissue infections, you know, oh, overdose. Like this can have really lots of positive effects for someone's life. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we we need to think outside the box, and we need to think of innovative solutions. Um, to support and help our fo our community be safer, you know? Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to um, more innovative approaches in 2020 uh, yeah. to a variety of different things and hopefully getting some more services out to folks that um, haven't been served or haven't been consistently served um, in different parts of the city. Um, so I think that's kind of exciting could be good um I think we've got a whole list of different topics and ideas for shows for for next year to hopefully um keep our audience engaged as well as do some education and some advocacy um so i think that's going to be fun i'm also um excited for the spring um it's getting cold and as i have a cold i'm like mm, i'm ready for some warm weather though it's only just begun as the carpenters would say <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, all right, so what are you looking forward to, uh, for this next year? Um, I'm looking forward to, um, having, a, a good time, uh, with Scott, my boyfriend, hopefully he's listening tonight. Hello, Scott. Just a friend there. Just a friend there. Um, as well as our lovely cat, Colonel Spencer. Meow. Um, and, uh, Mother Tinsley's come in for a visit, um, she will be here on uh, Sunday. She's coming in on Sunday for oh, the she's holidays. A, she's coming for Christmas. Oh, yeah. She is coming. She's going to be for JC Day. Mm-hmm. She will be raising raising the roof and raising her hands for that. Um, 
and we'll be here uh, until the 19th of January. So we'll have a nice, long, nice long little visit. She gonna pop by the radio station? Um, probably not this visit. We'll probably. I think we're gonna have to save her for her summer trip. Okay. Um, but I think when when she does come in the summer, we'll we'll have her on. My my biggest fear, and, and no shade, Mother Tinsley, if you are listening, um, sometimes she has a potty mouth, and so I don't want her to be the one that gets us fined yeah. by the FCC. Yes. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so well, maybe we should at least give her a tour of the place. Yes, I think that that yeah. would be awesome. As one of our dedicated listeners, so that would um, be good. Yeah, and my hopes is we can expand the Suboxone program, you know, in our move. Um, and I think, you know, I think it's been really successful. I think in the first year we served over 150 people. Which is awesome. Um, and that's 150 people who didn't have access to treatment in this neighborhood that has access to treatment, right? Mm-hmm. It has been a huge success. Um, I think, you know, matched with our smoking program and all this stuff. You know, we've done really great work. Um, Matched with getting methadone in the in the yeah, neighborhood. We got methadone in this neighborhood. That it took what it was a break for like nearly thirty or forty years. Mm-hmm. Um, and some so big, that's some big things. Yeah, I mean this neighborhood and around with Sound Mental Health doing more and more uh, mental health services in this neighborhood. You know, which was our first mental health services since you know, like we've been asking since the Cafe Racer shooter. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's that's been a minute. I think. Yeah. I think reflecting on some of the the successes and some of the challenges of 2019 will uh, propel us to do uh, great great things in 2020. And and I like the idea that you said. You know, sort of thinking outside of the box and thinking of new ways of of doing things so that we're reaching more people. Yeah. That's good. I'm also looking forward to um, some beef. We've not been eating beef at our house. Um, Why? Um, trying to be healthier as well as the rainforest. Yeah. I don't know. I just said yes, I would do it. Um, but I'm definitely making some beef uh, for Christmas. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Very selfishly. It's, yeah. Good. Can I ask a question? Uh, yes, you can. Shiloh. Hot mic. I've I've cooled down a bit. Um, <laughs> feeling a little better. Um, so we are we are both your organization, my organization, are based in a building that about this time next year we're going to be um, potentially out of here or pretty close to that. They're going to be yeah. Running. I don't want to be in the rubble, but yeah. <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> Let's hope not. So have you? Has your organization found a uh, potential new home yet? If you haven't, what kind of space are you looking for? It seems this might be a good venue yeah, um, to, so, to get the word out. Um, we're looking for a space in the university district. We would like to expand our clinic model. So we're looking for like an indoor space with like several office offices that can be like a storefront that people can kind of walk in, be able to get service. But then like, you know, we have a lot of hopes around getting, uh, you know, much more uh, getting doctors uh, being able to be there. We have uh, some ideas of maybe doing some wound care, some hep C treatment. There's a lot of different things we could be doing once we have uh, doctor's offices. Um, there, we, we obviously expand the Suboxone Clinic um, uh, footprint and the mental health services. Um, so, a, you know, that's what we're really trying to build is a really drug user health center. Um, and so we don't have a site uh, right now. Uh, we've just kind of early formed the search committee 
Um, so there's now uh, folks starting to look. Um, and we're really excited about some potential um, spaces, but we, you know, we don't know where we're going to land exactly. We do know that Bob Quinn founded the U District Needle Exchange, um, you know, not the Shoreline Needle Exchange. So we would like to stay in the U District. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah, I mean, you see a lot of people here. So keeping those services where people are at. Yeah, we do about 2 million sense. syringes a year. And at this point, uh, for people we serve, we serve more smokers and injectors. Right. So um, it's, you know, there's going to be a lot of big uh, changes. Um, and, you know, we also need to, like, if we found the spot, let's say tomorrow, it would still be six months because we still need to get our folks to do that slow transition. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And Hot Mike, what about, what about you? Have you found a spot for the, the station? We have not yet found a spot. Um, so we are in search mode as well. Um, but uh, one of the benefits of being in the church is that the, uh, the rent here was very low. So that's kind of one of our prerequisites is that we need something that's um, super affordable. I'm assuming that's similar to what the needle exchange um, is yeah. one of the prerequisites. Um, you you guys a billion all- dollars a year. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the the gentrification that's occurring here in the U District is phenomenal. I mean, we just saw like this week the um, the University um, Seafood and Poultry um, just announced that they're they're having to close their doors by the end of the year, and then end of this year and next year. I had the impression it was the end of this year, but I could be wrong on that. Wow! Um, and that's the oldest biz. Just so you know, that's the oldest business in the University District. Four, yeah, four generations. Wow! Um, and and just of rent? Hardwick's the other, the second right. oldest business, is uh, leaving too. Yeah, and and simultaneously this week, then they also announced that um, the uh, Roosevelt Commons just got purchased, uh, a building that's um, just south of the Shell Station on Forty Fifth. Just got bought by for 157 million dollars. So um, just to compare the, the gentrification <laughs> that's going on in in uh, this district. So um, it's it's just ironic that all the the service oriented organizations are being pushed out by gentrification. Um, the 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 organizations that are here because of gentrification in the first place. So yeah, just a fine note to, to uh, wrap things up on. We just got one minute. So if people do hear about space potentially that um, you could use, how do they get a hold of you? You can contact us uh, uh, either through our emails um, or our Facebook or our website. Um, and my email is Shiloh, S-H-I-L-O, at peoples, with an S at the end, harmreductionalliance.org. We're changing our email systems next year. A lot shorter version, but it's not there yet. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to just say thank you to all of our listeners. Um, we will see you on the other side in 2020. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>